scripture memory verse tonight, Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Colossians 4, 5. Anybody else? Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward those who are on the outside, or toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Colossians 4, 5. Good job. Anybody else? Not a long memory verse. job. Anybody else? Read it? Memorized it? Colossians 4, 5. Walk in your wisdom toward those who are outside, outside redeeming the time. Colossians 4, 5. Good job. Anybody else? job. Anybody else? Thank you. Well, let's look. What is Paul saying to us and let me point out first that this is a prison epistle it's a prison epistle so when you see the walk he's, he's like confined he's, he, he's got a chain on his leg he's chained to a Roman soldier the prison epistles uh, 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 Ephesians Colossians they're called like the twin epistles they were written same region about the same time you got a lot of the same content a little bit of different wording then you have Philippians Philemon and 2nd Timothy all five of those are called the prison epistles because he wrote them while he was in literal prison he had been locked up for the gospel of Jesus Christ he was just sharing the gospel nothing else going on just the words of God and they put him in prison because they didn't like what he was saying, what he was talking about. It was against their gods. He was telling them there was no other gods. He was walking in wisdom, and they put him in prison. Listen to me. When you're walking in wisdom toward those who are outside, they might put you in prison. You have to trust God that no matter where you're at, you still are being led by the Spirit of God. You're doing the will of God for the glory of God by telling others about the Word of God because that's the only thing that's going to help anybody in this life. There's nothing else to put your hope in except for the Word of God, the living Word of God who came and died on a cross for us. So listen, you might say, hey, Lord, I want to really know how do I walk in wisdom toward those who are outside? How do I redeem the time? And, and, and you might learn to do that, but you have to know that the attack will come. You have to know that you might be put in prison for doing that. And there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Walk in wisdom 
me and Michael were talking today. It could be just, just as simply walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, if you're walking in the spirit and looking not to fulfill the lust of the flesh, like Paul says over in Galatians, you might go to prison also because you're walking in the spirit. You're doing the will of God. You're not going to be agreeing with this, this world and its lies, but you have to do it with wisdom. Because God tells us other places, be, be at peace with all men as far as it is you are able. You be at peace as far as you are able. But we don't want to compromise the word of God. We don't want to grieve the spirit of God. We want to do what God has called us to do, what he created us for. Listen, he created us. He spoke and created us. He, he came and, and now we're born again by the spirit of God. Can't we trust him that it's okay? Can't we trust him that if we get arrested or died or killed, that we're going to heaven? If we believe in salvation, why do we not believe the rest of the word of God? Amen. It's okay. You can rest in the rest of the word of God. His finished work. It's a done deal already. It's finished. So walk. Again, listen. Walk in wisdom. Remember what that is? It's peripateo. Jim always likes to say parapotatoes, but it's parapotatoes alongside. It means how are you living? How are you walking? It's, it's your general walk at large. How you're living in front of people should be done in the spirit, should be done with the wisdom of God. And Jesus is the wisdom of God. So that's how we got to the walk in the spirit, because the Lord is the spirit also. He's the wisdom of God. Listen. Walk in wisdom. Stand in his victory. Right? And then speak his word to others. Because we're already seated in heavenly places. I actually thought about Psalms 1 with this. Because we're walking. We're standing in his victory. Standing with all of his armor on. Standing in our place where we know that he, they can't take us out of it. And then we're seated in heavenly places so we're sitting. There's, there's, there's this progression that goes on. When you're walking in wisdom, you'll learn that you can stand in wisdom, and then you can sit with wisdom in heavenly places, and you don't have to be afraid. And you can tell others about it because you're now in a relationship, having a social intercourse with God, a conversation about what's going on, where he speaks to you through your own intellect and through the word of God, using this living word about every person that's around you. And you can begin to learn how to speak to them. How to know. That's the verse 6. When you look at verse 6, uh, we know walking wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Now, let, what, what do I do while I'm doing that? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you should answer each one. Because you answer everybody differently. If you're walking in wisdom, you know how to answer each person differently. Some people, you don't even, you don't even answer them. I'm not going to contend with you. If I, if I answer you according to Scripture, I'm going to have to bear that alone because you're a scoffer. Have a nice day. You move along. You don't cast your pearls before swine. But you need the Spirit of God to know these things. But let's look. What is the context, really, as we open this up and we're looking at it? it, it it's not just a prison epistle. It's not just a, 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 a command in how to walk. But he says in verse 2, and I'm not going up to verse 1 purposely, continue. That means you've already been doing it. Listen, 
That's, isn't, that, isn't that grace that, that Paul would give you? It, that the word of God would give me? Listen, continue. Like I've already been doing it. In prayer. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I pray that way. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. To continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant. A, a vigil. Remember, you're watching. Vigilant means watching. Watching in it with thanksgiving. I mean, he says the same thing. He says this over in Philippians. All things through prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He's saying the same thing, yet in a different way for somebody else to grab a hold of it and chew on it and eat it. And I didn't repeat myself. Oh, yes, you did. So continue. If you're praying, pray more. If you've been praying, start thanking God for what he's been answering with thanksgiving. Verse 3, meanwhile, praying also for us. Pray for others. Paul is giving a prayer request here. See this? A prayer request. Hey, pray for me. I, I know all the time I go, uh, uh, anybody get a prayer request? Anybody uh, put a prayer in the box? I don't pray for me. Nobody wants to pray. Here's Paul who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, and he wants people to pray for him. I, I, I told somebody I was praying for, don't pray for me. Yeah, pray for a little old me. Like I'm a bad guy. Everybody needs prayer. We all need prayer. What kind Amen. of pride must be going on for somebody to say, I had a guy that had brain cancer, and, and I told somebody to tell him I'm praying for him. He told Greg Tyler, don't pray for me. And I'm like, wow. And it's a Christian person. But I offended him at one time, asking him a question that he didn't want to answer. And so he was offended me over just a little question. Listen, questions are good. All questions are good. There is no bad questions. God says, come to me and reason with me. And though your sins were as scarlet, they can be white as snow. He's wanting to reason. He's wanting to redeem. He's not here to kill us. He's here to help us. He's saying, just ask me anything. I'll help you. I'm here an ever-present help in time of need. Questions are good. And yet most of the church is like, I don't have no questions. Just do what I tell you to do. No, this we're supposed to reason together. It's okay to have questions. But the questions need to be in line with what we're doing. We don't need to ask, can God create a rock so big that he can't lift it? Those are scoffers. So he asked for prayer. What did he ask for a prayer for? Oh, he wanted to get out of prison, right? No, you would think so. He's writing a prison epistle. He's in prison. He's writing people outside to help them because he's not concerned about where he's living at. He's not concerned about what he's eating. He's not concerned about the things that are going on. He's not concerned that Nero might kill him at any moment. He asked an open door for the word that God would open a door for the word of God. Listen, this is powerful stuff, people. He wasn't going, man, I would really like to have a new car. Man, this is crazy. I wish I could get... He wants the word of God. Look at this. God would open to us. He's not alone. He knows it's the body of Christ. 
He knows that there's people that's supposed to help him. He knows that everybody's got gifts that were all called to be witnesses of the word of God, the truth of God, for the glory of God. And he says that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. Now, mystery is not a whodunit, but it's the mystery of opening up the truth about the gospel. Things that have been previously hidden, but now the Spirit of God is revealing, uncovering, letting people find out that want to find out. And he wants the door to be open so that the word, so he would speak the mystery of Christ. Look what he says, for which I am also in chains. What? Because the door was open and he went to Rome and he spoke the word of God and they threw him in prison. All because of speaking the word of God. But, and, I, and I'm just reading this just to get you into context of where we're at. See, because we're all called to be evangelists. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We're all called to be witnesses in this grand courtroom. We're called to. Can you come up here? And we're calling your name, and we want you to give testimony of what you've seen and heard and the things that you're learning. We want you to give testimony to others of what? The Word of God. Nothing else but the Word of God. And we take everything about the testimony to be about us. No, we're supposed to be giving testimony about the Word of God because that's the only thing that's going to set people free. He's the only door there is. So he says in four, that I may make it manifest, clear, apparent, uh, as I ought to speak. Now, that's the same thing he said over in uh, Ephesians 6.21 at the end. Praying always with all prayer. Or no, he says, uh, pray always with all prayer, supplication, in the spirit, uh, for all the saints, and that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And that word, we're getting ready to cover that word here in a minute, ought. Ought is right there in verse 6. It's Remember, it's the word must, needs, necessary. Remember when Jesus, in his first, it's, it's not the first usage, but it's the place I like to see it, is in uh, chapter 4 of John with the Samaritan woman. And all the other religious authority were going around Samaria. And Jesus said, I ought to go to Samaria. I must needs. It is necessary to go to Samaria. Listen, if we're going to be a witness for God or an evangelist, some people have the gift of evangelism, we must need go to the lost. Evangelizing the pews on Sunday morning is not what we're called to do. We must need go to the Samaritans. We must need go to those outside. We must need start praying for those outside. We must need to learn how to live and walk in the spirit toward those who are outside because we're only here for souls. We're only here to be witnesses in this grand courtroom or God can take us home. So we need to know how to walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time just as Christ redeemed us. He bought us back from death. And there's people out there stumbling for the slaughter. They're going to die tomorrow and go to hell because nobody told them the gospel. Listen, I'm not trying to put no burden upon the church that's not supposed to be there. Because anybody that goes to hell, it's going to be their own decision and their own choice. 
but we are called to be witnesses, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I commanded you, Jesus said. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's always there, an ever-present help. He's the power. He's, he's the one with the plan. He's the one that we go for. He's the purpose we're here, is to be a witness about what he's doing what he's done, what he's going to do, and all we have to do is rest in that. But our minds have to get fixed upon doing his will, not our will. Fixed upon walking in his spirit, not in the world. Fixed upon souls, not upon self and sin and Satan. When we do that, he'll set us free to walk in wisdom. So it's peripateo. It's treading about. It's our general walk. The first usage is when, um, let's look at first usage. It's Matthew 4, 18. And so it always reminds me of, of Joseph. Jesus, of course, uh, is a better Joseph than Joseph. Um, but Joseph was mindful of everybody around him. He wasn't just living his life, but he noticed what was going on as he walked. What did I say, Matthew 4.18? And Jesus is walking, 4.18, right after he went through the trials in the wilderness with the devil. And in 4.18, it says, and Jesus walking. Look, he's got a general walk. Look, he's treading all about. Look, he's doing the will of God. This, he's doing what he does daily, but it says, that's the word right there, walk. Same word, tread all about, parapetale. Where's he at, Greg? He's by the sea of heathen circle. He went to those who are outside, and he saw. See, he had to be looking to see the lost. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He saw them in their workplace. He saw those people. And, and that word saw is, is a big word. I think it's I do. I think it's the word for know. I think it's, it's the other word for know. So he understood who they were, what was going on with him in his walk. And that's the, something that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to do with us. That we would know that when we go to the gas station, it's not just to get physical gas for the car. Who's at the gas station? Who do we see? What are we seeing? What's going on? We're supposed to be seeing souls that are lost and walking in wisdom toward those who are outside. Now listen, I, I can tell you right now, there's some people that come and sit in church every single Sunday, they're still outside. They're still outside the door. They have not come to Jesus. They've come to a building. They've come to a preacher. They've come to a place. They've come to warm their hands by the fire. But they've not come to the throne room boldly to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because that's inside the heathen circle. That you go all the way in now and you come boldly into God's presence and say, Man, thank you for paying for my sins. You can now come into his presence and have social intercourse with him, a conversation, and learn to grow in your faith and have peace and rest. Listen to me. This is very serious stuff. 
I know I say that a lot, but everything we talk about from the Bible is very serious for our soul because there's the spirit of Antichrist, a bunch of liars out there with some system that doesn't do anything but leave people pretending and playing, and they don't want to admit that their hand is on the fire and that they're on fire, and it hurts and it burns, but don't jump and yell because somebody might see that you put your hand on the fire. But we got to wake up because Jesus already knows and he's the only one we're trying to please. He's the only one. Anything else becomes man pleasers and pretenders and hypocrisy. It becomes something that is just not the gospel. But we need to be understanding that if our mind hasn't changed, listen, what is, what is the heart of the gospel? Repentance. Metanoia, change your mind, change your direction, change your plan. I'm not pursuing this world and its stuff anymore because I've been bought by the blood of Jesus and I want to pursue his desires. So I need to put mine in the grave and begin to pursue souls. He gave his entire life for souls and mine was one of them. And now that I am saved, why did you lay hold of me, Lord? What's my gifts, talents, and abilities? How do I walk in wisdom toward those who are outside and redeem the time, make the most of the time? We're not going to make the most of the time and buy back the time and ransom the time and go out and win the most people to the Lord by hanging out at the amusement park. Now listen, you can do some stuff at an amusement park. I'm not trying to kick people out of amusement parks. Although they probably need to be kicked out of the amusement parks. This is a battleground, not a playground. But you can talk to people about Jesus even at the amusement park. They have done that. But what do they learn? Everywhere you go, you want to see people and souls that are lost. Even when they say, oh, I know Jesus. Really, does he know you? Is there, is there a relationship going on where he knows you also? Because one day he's going to say, be away from me. I never knew you. The question is not whether you think you know Jesus. The question is, does he know you? Yes, ma'am. Do you have a question? Yes. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you, how do you go out there and do it? Pray. Continue earnestly in prayer. And ask God to use you. And he'll give you the words. Yep. Well, it just starts with being concerned. How you doing today? I mean, it's 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 not that hard. If we're seriously concerned about souls, God will fill your mouth. It's not nothing complicated. But we have to first start filling our heart with the Word of God, learning the Word of God, asking God to change who we are and what we're pursuing. I mean, the Bible is pretty clear in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right living, his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. And I'm telling you that he promises to do that, and he will do that. Everything you need is always going to be provided according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we have to set our mind, turn our mind toward home, and home is here to save souls. 
Home is not here to save face. Home is not here to, to save my house. Home is not here to save my dog. Home is not here to save amusement parks by making sure people that have a bunch of stock in them get their dividends. That, that stuff is not here, but that's what they want in the world they want you giving all your money back in bondage to a job giving all your money back to the system and then you get promoted by a bunch of flattery to a system that's broken that doesn't do anything for you except puff you up in your pride which is exactly what jesus has come to save you from your pride but boy they'll give you a little certificate and they'll give you a promotion and they'll give you some attaboys just to manipulate you into making money for them. And you might think that's a dismal picture. It is. If you're still living for that in your heart, that is a very dismal, deadly picture. That's not life and godliness. And I've, I'm blessed to know that I haven't been living for that for years. That I'm still trying to be led out of this grave and tell people about Jesus as I'm led out. And that's what we have to get our minds fixed on. Coming to our senses. And you do it daily, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, person by person, relationship by relationship, word by word. I mean, I mean, by the Spirit of God and the power of God. And we make mistakes all along the way. But we don't get off the path. We stay in the light and have fellowship in the light. No matter what bad happens, So anyway, walk, peripateo, in wisdom. Of course, that's Sophia. That, that's, that's, that's the word for wisdom. We were talking, I mean, here's, here's a great question. I love uh, my grandbaby. We're on, the way, we're on the way here. I turn on something, and it's talking about this new religion with AI. And you know what? A great question. Here's a great question. My grandbaby, 14 years old, just says, well, what does A mean? You know what A means in, in the Greek? It means no. Atheist means no theist. Agnostic, agnostic means no knowledge. And, and she goes, well, what does I mean? I said intelligence. So AI means no intelligence. So <laughs> because they're trying to lead us into their knowledge, their religion, they leave Jesus out, and they're controlling everything. And it's only going to end in death. But it's just a simple question. What does A mean? It means no. All millennial is ah is the way A is sounded. Ah. Is that same in English? It is in Greek. And, and so you all millennial means they don't believe in a millennial kingdom. A thousand year reign of Christ. No millennial. So when you see A in front of those words, that's what it means. Trans can mean the same word. Trans means no. Transgressor means no law. Transgressor of the law means no law. You, you, you're not following the law. So again, when they call them transgender, no such thing. They're just not following the law of God who said man, woman, male, female. They're just not following the law of God. They're lying to people and convincing them that they're okay to be whatever they want, whatever they think they can be. Well, I'm a cat. Then we'll get you a litter box. Have a nice day. So we have to walk with wisdom toward the people who are outside. My battle is not with people who think they're a cat. My battle is with sin. 
My battle is not with the LGBTQ. My battle is with sin. My own sin. So that I will get up and go out and tell them about Jesus. Because my sin keeps me from telling people about Jesus. And the only way they're going to get saved and deal with their tent problem, their LGBTQ problem, is if I tell them the truth about Jesus. I don't have to tell them the truth about sexuality. Just that Jesus died for their sins and he loves them. They already know they're sinners. They're covering it up and covering it up and covering it up with their lifestyle, with their environment, with their fun, with their music, with their hate. They hate God because he convicts them that they're sinners. But we're called to be witnesses to tell them somebody took the penalty for their sin. Somebody died for them. God's not mad at them. The devil is lying to them. Sin is why we're separated from God. I don't care whether it's sexual sin. I don't care whether it's just being rude and, and, and ignoring authority, lying, whatever it is. That separates you from God. And the only reconciliation, the only redemption is in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. we got to wake up to learn to walk in wisdom is to walk with the Holy Spirit. To, to walk with Sophia, uh, which you can have all the wisdom. Here, here's one thing. You can have all the knowledge in the world and have no wisdom when to use it. Now you can have wisdom and have no prudence to know how to deal with other people. Because you don't speak to everybody the same way. You have to have prudence and, and be patient and learn to speak to people according to the way the Spirit wants to speak to them because the only work that's going to get done is by the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes I go, what in the world? I think I'm talking about the Bible. I think I'm telling them about the Bible. I think I just shared Jesus with them clearly, and they still go, huh? See, it's not my fault. My, I, my calling is to be faithful to tell them the truth. It's between them and the Holy Spirit, whether they believe it, whether they receive it, whether they repent, whether they become a child of God because they turn and come to their senses, that's between them and God. I'm only called to be a faithful witness in Christ Jesus. I'm only called to walk in wisdom and be trained in how to do it as I surrender myself and die to self and let the Spirit of God lead my life. But everybody's called that. If you believe you're the bride of Christ, we're all called to do the same thing. I do it as a pastor teacher. I do it as an evangelist. I do it as somebody who is encouraging and exhorting and to look into the word of God. You might do it in a different way because of your gifts and talents and abilities, but you must do it because we've been called as a witness. Just like a courtroom. What happens? You walk up, Raise your hand. They say, do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do. What did you used to do? I swear to tell a lie. I'll lie and get away with anything I can get away with. And if I can steal it, it's not nailed down. It's mine. Oh, I, I used to anyway. You know, we used to lie. We wanted to be known. We wanted to everything. But now we've changed our mind and we're called to become a witness in the grand courtroom. And interestingly enough, those people listening become the jury. Before you're a witness, you become the jury. You hear truth. You hear, and you have to make a decision on it. 
See, and now you can sit, there's a way that that's going on even in a Christian's life. You're hearing truth and you're deciding, do I want to follow the apostate church or do I want to follow the spirit of God? Do I want to walk in earthly sense of demonic wisdom or do I want to walk in God's wisdom being led by God's spirit? So you still become the jury in a way, but if you're the jury still, you're really not a witness because you're still deciding. And if you're still deciding, that means you have not surrendered to Jesus. But many people that are sitting in the church, they're still being the jury. Well, that's what Greg says. I don't know if I believe that. What does the Word of God say? Greg's just talking about the Word of God. I can get this Word of God wrong. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to lead us in a study of understanding what God is saying to the Spirit to us. But if you are only listening to a man, you could be listening to a lying Antichrist man, and you're in trouble because you're supposed to be listening for the voice of God and telling others about what he's saying to you. It's a relationship. This is very simple. Yet it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your life. But you have to make a decision. And then all the power, all the authority in the universe is on your side as soon as you surrender. It's there available to help you go and do the right thing. Speak words of wisdom and walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. Most of the time what we do, we don't walk in wisdom. We put a pillow underneath the people's head. We try to give them everything they need. We try to think that, that this is love, that I'm just going to be so nice to them that my, they're going to have to know that God is good because of how nice I am to them. Are you kidding me? That's the worst type of evangelism I've ever seen in my life. That sets people up to be used and abused and you to lose everything in your bank account. It sets those people up to think that they're entitled to everything in the world and that somebody's going to take care of them. All I need to do is call a church and they'll pay my rent. That is some type of demonic Christianity. I'm sorry. It's from the spirit of Antichrist. God tells us to speak to people in love, to walk in wisdom, that we know how to answer each person. You don't give them a program. We're offering them Jesus, the Christ, the God of the universe who died and shed his blood for them. We're not offering them some program. We're offering them marriage into the family of God. I'm sorry. I get a little excited. So how are you walking is what I'm asking. Listen, because I walk crooked a lot of times. But I want to walk in wisdom. I want to walk with God's wisdom. And sometimes we get a little knowledge and we think, yeah, I'm good now. But you still need the wisdom of God in order to know when to hand out that knowledge. And then you still need prudence to know when to have mercy and grace and love and how to speak to one person and not tell them, hey, that's stupid. You might just need to encourage them in what little bit of good they already have learned to walk in that. But there might be a time where you got to call them aside and go, hey, that's stupid. Stop it. Just like with a child that you're trying to raise. You pull them aside and spank their butt sometimes to interrupt their mind. I do it to dogs all the time. It interrupts their thinking. They go, hmm? There's a sound. And it stops what they were thinking about doing. And they go, hmm? Dogs do it all the time. I did, I did it one day walking out of the house. I went, and both dogs laid down on the ground. The lady walking her dogs went, what did you just do? I said, I don't know. I just made noise. But it interrupted their thinking of what they were doing, and they laid down. Sometimes you have to interrupt people's thinking, and God will do that. He'll interrupt your thinking and go, what are you thinking? 
Are you walking in wisdom? That's about wisdom. That's flesh. That's sin and self and Satan. That's got nothing to do with souls. And that's what the world keeps trying to hypnotize us into doing. Well, we better get going. I'm never going to get this done. I should have said we're going to do three words. <laughs> My goodness. Wisdom, Sophia. You know they've got the AI, one of the AI robots. It's called Sophia, right? That's the name. They mock us in our face on purpose. They do it all the time. Open your eyes. It means... Oh, broad, full intelligence. It means uh, supreme intelligence. That's what we want to look at. We don't want to look at the earthly, central, demonic uh, wisdom. See, there's there, there's a sense that some things you go, well, that makes sense. Eh? But it's earthly, central, demonic. It leaves God out. There's a whole system that leaves God out. That they've made up their entire institutions of schools. And, and, and the easiest way to say it is 1 John 5, 19. I know you're of God. You want to know the wisdom of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one, the wisdom of the wicked one, earthly, central, demonic wisdom. So 1 Corinthians, Corinthians one twenty four tells us, we don't need to go there. We've read this a few times. You can go there with your homework. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us clearly that Jesus is the wisdom of God. He confounds this world, and he's the wisdom of God. I'm not going to go there because we need to go to James chapter 3 and look at uh, uh, what he says to us. James uh, is right after Hebrews. Um, remember that, guys. You make coffee, not her. Hebrews. Not You get up first. You be the leader. First fruits of the morning. You make the coffee for the house. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a joke. That's why he's laughing over there. And, and, you know, we, that's an old joke, but then this uh, uh, Adam Tessman used to sit in our Bible study. He was actually, uh, uh, his name was Abba Adam Tessman. He's a Jew, and he goes, what's really pronounced Hebrews. I said, honey, you're making coffee tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's got an S on the front of it, so it's pronounced Hebrews. So I didn't have to make coffee for the rest of my marriage. <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, 3.13. Walk in wisdom. <clears throat> Listen, James, camel knees, Jesus' half-brother, who is wise and understanding among you? Anybody want to raise your hand? <laughs> Let him show it by his good conduct. Listen, listen, you want to listen, if you want to know who is living the gospel, watch their conduct. There's fruit, there's evidence. The wisdom of God begins to do. And to teach Jesus, Acts chapter one, all that Jesus began to do and to teach, it works together. It's not just hey, give me a position, but your wisdom comes out in the fruit of what you're pursuing, your good conduct. <coughs> Listen, that's what he's actually says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Listen, how do you know it's an apple tree? You see the fruit on the tree. You go, that's an apple tree. The apples are a little small. They're stunted. They're not doing good. Maybe we should 
dig around a little bit around the tree a little bit and, and, and fertilize it a little bit. Maybe we should prune back some of the branches and we should do some work on that tree and that fruit will be really good fruit when it matures. But if you have, listen, because here's, here's going to come a whole list of things that go on in the body of Christ that shouldn't be there. A whole list of things where people haven't forgiven. A whole list of things where people are stuck in sin, self, and Satan. A whole list of things where people are still living in the flesh and they're not looking to live in the spirit or walk in wisdom. If you have bitter envy, listen. You're bitter, you're envious because somebody else has a place and you don't have. Somebody else got saved before you and you think you're supposed to be somebody, but you're not. You're self-seeking. All you're doing is seeking what self can get. Self-seeking. You guys with me? Verse 14, James chapter 3. In your hearts, notice where it's always at. This is, you guard your hearts. Keep your hearts with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. What am I pursuing in life? Am I looking to walk in self? Am I looking to walk in my career? Am I looking to look good down here? Or am I looking to walk in wisdom and do the work of God toward those who are outside? That's the outside life. Listen, there's an inside life. One another ministry, we covered that. Bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. Oh, I'm a Christian. I've been living for Jesus. I've got two or three notches on my gun belt. Because I've been telling people about Jesus. Really, if that's going on in our hearts still, and we're not dealing with our heart and laying it out at the cross, bitter enviness and self-seeking in our hearts, he's saying that you're boasting and lying against truth. Truth is a person. It's the same one that's wisdom. It's Jesus. This wisdom, I'm wise. I'm understanding. This wisdom does not descend from above. Who has ascended from above? Who has descended from below? What's his name if you know it? Proverbs 30? Remember Agar? The 31? 30. Proverbs 30. What is his son's name if you know? Listen. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly. It's terrestrial. Sensual. Psychological, it, it, it's fleshly, it's psychological, it's beastly, it's demonic, earthly, sensual, demonic. It's actually worthless. For where envy and self-seeking exist, exist is not in the original. Where envy and self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing are there. And we know who the author of confusion is. And every other evil thing. But the wisdom, the Sophia that is from above, Jesus, is first pure. Pure. You know what first is? I thought it was really interesting. The word first in the Greek is proton. Is 
proton the first name in an atom? Proton and neutron? I don't know. I quit school real early. So I was just trying to figure it out. I go, wow, proton? That's really interesting. I should have stayed in school for a while to learn what an atom was about. Anyway, I just was really surprised that it was the word proton. Uh, pure, you will get the word men and hagnos, clean, enduring. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's chaste, it's, it's uh, uh, perfect, it's innocent. Hagios is the word for innocent, and hagnos is related to it. And that's what's going on here with the wisdom of God that come down. Jesus first is pure. He's perfect. Listen, pure and perfect. Nothing bad in him. We're talking about God, the wisdom of God. It's, it's his intelligence. And he's peaceable. The second thing that would be, so if you're looking at fruit on people, if you're, look, if you're being a fruit inspector and you're going, wow, that's the wisdom of God right there. It needs to be pure. It needs to be clean. It needs to be perfect. It needs to always line up. You can preach it here in America and you can preach it in a third world country where they're starving to death and can't, their little bellies are bloated. It's not something that just preaches in one area to, to make one emotional plea to get money from people. So, and then it, 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 it's peaceable. It, it's bringing peace. It's not, it's not for somebody's self-seeking and bitter enviousness because they've got a purpose behind it. It's got nothing to do with souls. So it's, it's, it's peaceable. And of course, Jesus is our peace. Romans 5.1, Jesus is our peace. So it's peaceable. Look at this, it's gentle. Peaceable means relating to peace. Be reconciled to God. That's peace. It's gentle, which means uh, appropriate. You know that, that it's like hot water or warm water. Gentleness is different and appropriate per person. What's gentle for one is not gentle for another. Sometimes people say that I'm pretty hard, but sometimes... Uh, it's according to where I'm at. Am I in a room full of men or am I in a room full of women? Are you allowed to say those words anymore? Since we're living in earthly, sinful, demonic wisdom, you're not even allowed to be so presumptuous as to think that you know whether they're a man or a woman. This is the ignorance that we stand around in, even in the church, and we tolerate it. Well, Greg, you've got to be peaceful and gentle. That's not the right usage of those words. See, Jesus is our peace, and we want people to come to know Jesus, so we're walking with wisdom, but we do need to tell people the truth. But I don't need to talk to them about their gender to tell them that they're sinners. I don't care who they think they are. I can tell them who God says they are. You're a sinner that needs a Savior, the grace of God. So peaceable, gentleness, you know, I, I was thinking that and Paul says this many times. Philippians 4, 5 has been one of our memory verses because I always deal with it in my heart. Am I being gentle? And it says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, whether he comes back tomorrow or next year or next month, it doesn't matter. I'm going to meet him soon, and I need to let my gentleness be known to all men. But the word means to be appropriate with all men. It means to be appropriate, to be mild, to have moderation and patience, to be fair with people. 
So the best thing to do is be who you are because of who Jesus is. Walk in wisdom because of who Jesus is. Don't be a man pleaser where you change for each person you meet. Your words can change for each person you meet because the Holy Spirit knows what that heart needs in order to bring them to salvation. Willing to yield. God's wisdom is willing to yield. You know, God's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. He'll yield back. He tells you the truth. He says you can be free. You can have peace with God. You can have salvation. You can be brought back into the family of God. Yet, I yield back to your decision. You have a free will decision. Willing to yield or easy to be entreated is the way the King James actually um, translates that. God's not going to force himself. You present the truth, you let the jury make the decision. That's just that simple. You get to make your decision. Because God's not going to force anybody to go to hell. He's not going to force anybody to go to heaven. He doesn't want a bunch of people up in heaven later going, Man, I knew I should not have followed Jesus. This is terrible. No. Do all things without grumbling and complaining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation where you stand as stars. The wise men are still seeking. They need to see a star. They need to see somebody walking in wisdom. Not a demonic star, but a, but a, but a, 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 a Christian walking in wisdom that's a light shining in their face that's, that's patient and gentle and appropriate and willing to yield a proper witness by the Holy Spirit so that they would come to salvation. We can't even cover one verse and get through this. I ran out of time two hours ago. Um, willing to yield. Oh, what are you full of? Full of right, full of mercy. What are you full of? Oh, yeah, listen to me because we're full of some stuff. What are you filling your heart up with? What are you full of? Is it God's wisdom? Is it God's word? Is it God's desires? Is it God's ways? What are we filling ourselves full of? Because, boy, they will, they love us to be gluttons in America, especially. They don't just give you one. Click on something on the TV. They'll give you 180 of them. Ask for something. They'll give you all their opinion with AI, but it'll leave God out. The same way everything that they've ever done, it leaves God out. All the psychologies, all the studies leave God out. They want to be your God. So they have to leave God out. That's the new, that's the new deal with AI. Ask him a question. Be careful. If you don't know the word of God, they'll lead you down a rabbit trail that leaves God out every single time. Every single time. I, I get so mad. I look at, the, at my wife's phone and it says on the Apple News, uh, bomb blows up in Russia. Here's what you need to know. Oh, you ain't telling me what I need to know. God tells me what I need to know. Where's your audacity at? You're going to tell me what I need to know when I know you're a liar. Think about it for a minute. And they make it sound so official. We're the good reporters. We know exactly what you need to know about this in order to hide in your house and be still and be afraid and never tell nobody about Jesus. That's all they're doing, people. 
They've got us all in bondage, hidden our houses, afraid to say anything, afraid to go anyplace, afraid of the air. Are you kidding me? That's the devil. I'm going to shut up now. Full of mercy. Mercy. What are we full of? I'm going to fight them all. We'll win this country back. I'm fighting them all. I'm a Christian. Shut up. Fight them all. Think about it. It's got nothing to do with being a Christian. I'm going to be careful here. Because I want to be peaceable. I want to be gentle. I want to be full of mercy. I want to walk in wisdom. And I don't want to be caught up in that physical fight that's going on everywhere. But everybody's caught up in a physical fight somewhere. With their spouse, with their children, with their boss, with the political parties. Everybody's caught up in these physical battles. And God is here to save souls. It's a spiritual battle. The work is done. All that's left now is to be the jewelry and the witness. All that's left is to tell them the truth. In an appropriate way, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we walk by faith. Full of mercy. And what else? Good fruits. Oh, man. I like some fruit. Oh. You like some fruit? And, and fruits, anytime you look it up, I always go, I don't even understand that. Because it means as of plucked. When you look up fruit, it always just says, as if plucked. In other words, it's ripe. It's maturing. In other words, you can see it. You can tell it. There's evidence of it. You can tell the wisdom that is from the world and the dead fruit that's hanging there. And you can see the wisdom that's from God and the fruit that's ready to be plucked. It's ripe. It's something somebody wants to eat and desires to eat. Ooh. in Proverbs. Come on. Where is it? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to find it. You guys are going to have to bear with me for a minute. Um, I should have this, but I don't have it. That is not right. My brain should already know this, and I don't have it, but I'm going to get it for you. I know where it's at. Top of the page, left-hand side. We'll get it for you here in a minute. Because you're going to eat its fruit. That's just what it... Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And uh, something, something eats its fruit. I'll get it for you here in a minute. Hang with me. We're studying the Bible. Turn to the left-hand side of your page in Proverbs. <laughs> Top. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he who loves it will eat its fruit. Anybody know where that's at? I think it's in Proverbs. Yeah, it's in Proverbs. <laughs> Very good. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's the same Pro thing. This is Proverbs, what we want. Proverbs 18.21. Is it 18.21? Yeah, that's 
1821, right here on the left-hand side, right at the top of my page. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What kind of fruit? You're full of mercy and good fruits. What kind of fruit are you eating? Because that, that's the fruit that you're going to be giving out, is the fruit that you're eating. Are you bitter? Are you full of envy and strife? Are you, are you eating the world and the death that goes with it? Without partiality. Listen, we're looking at what wisdom is. Without partiality. It's impartial. Without hypocrisy. There, there's no hypocrisy. It's sincere in every way. It's a solid rock. It's standing. It doesn't move. It's not playing. It's not pretending. There's no play acting with it. Now the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace by those who make peace. How do you make peace? You tell people about Jesus. And when they receive the testimony of, of Jesus, they come to become peace with, with God and have the peace that surpasses all understanding. So walk in wisdom toward as the direction. Those who are outside I wanted to go first mention, but we didn't make it there, so we'll keep moving. Okay, no, we won't. Wisdom's first mention is, is Matthew eleven nineteen. You got to go there. You got to go there. Eleven nineteen of Matthew is the first mention of Sophia. I, I was going to go past it, and I looked at my note, and I go, "You can't go past that." Look at this. It's the same thing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He who eats it. Uh, eats its fruit. Eleven nineteen. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, "Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners." But Sophia is justified by her children, by her works, by her children, by her fruit, by what you see—the evidence—and justified, of course. Uh, is, is the word for justification by faith, but it means to show or regard as or to render. You see it. You can see the fruit of a person walking in the wisdom of God. You can see their life change, but you can also see the earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom and what their heart is pursuing and their bitter enviness and self-seeking. You can see that they're not really concerned about the people around them, and they're only concerned about what can I get out of it. What do I get out of it? But Jesus gave himself away. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. Outside the doors is what it is. It actually means outside the door. Have you guys read this? Or without. Outside of doors. They're outward. They're strange. Listen, it means those who do not know Jesus outside the doors it probably shouldn't have an s on it we're in uh williamsport indiana uh, old state road we're in colossians 4 5 outside the doors it starts are without and the first usage about without matthew 5 13 very interesting what do you do with it those that are without listen look at it because i want you to see the context what happens when salt loses its flavor you throw it without 
cast it out. It's not, it's not doing what it should be doing anyway. It's the same word. It's the first place that it's used. What do you mean? That's very interesting, isn't it? That salt can lose its flavor. We're the salt of the earth. The Christian church, the people that are here trying to, to be the restraining uh, light, the restraining truth, the restraining witnesses. We're holding back the verdict. But if our salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing but to cast it without, back out where it was at. That's a very interesting thought. Wait a minute, I was the salt of the world and now I'm cast out because I lost my flavor? I'm not seasoning anybody, right? I'm not getting it. It doesn't line up with modern day theology. I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't even read the scripture. You guys can read it. I'm going back to my text, Colossians. You guys in Colossians with me? This is called Bible sword drills. Learn it. We're going to do it a lot. We want to study our whole Bible, not just one verse. Those that are outside, without. What are they without? The door. They don't have Jesus. We need to go out and tell them. And the only way to do it is walking in wisdom. <clears throat> you cannot go out there and tell somebody about Jesus and do it in the flesh. Oh, yeah, the word of God will not return void, but you still are not doing it good. You have to rely completely upon God. And while you're doing it, what are you doing? You're redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Remember, we talk about it all the time over in Ephesians, the twin epistle. Um, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. And then how do you, and then you find out what the will of the Lord is, it says over there. And then be always be being filled with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's the same thing he's saying here. Walk in wisdom, walk in the Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Submit to one another. Be wise about what we're doing. We want to win souls. And then once we win souls, we want to disciple souls. Be wise about what we're doing when we go outside. We're not just accusing people of their LGBT sin. We're not just accusing people of their murderous, robbing sin. We're telling them that Jesus died for them. Well, I'm not going to go to that. I don't even want what they got there. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, I've heard Christians say that. Well, I don't even know what I would say to anybody like that. How about learn the Word of God and say the Word of God to them? How about learn the Gospel and tell them about the Gospel? That's what the church is supposed to be doing, becoming like their Savior, their husband. Learning the Gospel and telling them what God wants to do with them. He forgives you. He loves you. He wants to give you mercy and grace. I remember growing up and all through my life thinking that the church just wanted me to get a job and put on a suit. That's all I thought they wanted me to do, to stop cussing and act like them. I'm serious. What, what message are we given as we walk in wisdom to people? They're sinners. They need to know they're sinners. They need to know that there's, there's sin and righteousness and judgment. And one day they're going to be judged. It may be tomorrow. <clears throat> So redeeming the time. First usage, Galatians 3, 
13 means to buy back, to ransom up, to make the most of. Galatians, just a couple books back, 3.13. Oh, three books back. I'm sorry. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The law is a curse? We were talking about this every day, weren't we, Michael? The law is a curse? Knowledge of sin is the knowledge of the curse. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Sealed by the Spirit. It's all about the Spirit. That's the promise. We're going to talk about that Sunday. But Christ has redeemed us. He has bought us back. He has bought us back, and now he wants us to walk in his wisdom and buy back the time. How much time is wasted? How much time is left? When will they be judged? Judgment is coming soon. And we're still gleaning the fields, and our work is not done. The fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Rescue from loss is what it means. Improving your opportunities. And listen to this. Redeeming is two words, right? And one of the words means to go to market to purchase. Listen, that's what one of the words means, redeeming. We're going out to the marketplace, the marketplace of ideas, to purchase souls, and we have nothing to do it with but the blood of Jesus and the truth that he's told us, and we go out and we share that. The second word means out, denoting origin. It's, it's redeeming those who are out. Can mean heavenly in origin. Redeeming what? The time, the season. It's a fixed and definite time because judgment day is coming. And what do you do? Let's look at it quickly. Verse 6, and we'll be done. Let your, ooh, is that something that you have to do? You have to let it happen? Let your speech. Okay, yeah. So we're going to walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time, and we have to talk. We have to be a witness. Look, he's talking about speech. He didn't say let your foot, let your arm, let your leg. He said let your speech. How do we walk in wisdom toward those who are outside? Colossians 4, 6 is in speech. Let your speech always be with grace, charis, seasoned, prepared. We're all witnesses, guys. It has to be speech. It has to be the word of God. That's the only thing that convicts people's conscience is the word of God. So it has to be speech. It has to be the spoken word something said including the thought it also means your reasoning or your mental faculty always means listen to this at all times that was a good one wasn't it 
always means at all times. Grace is graciousness. But listen, grace is charis, but it means the divine influence upon the heart, especially the evidence of it in their life. I mean, so the grace is, is something we receive and then we give to others because of how it affects our life, how we receive it. And then you give it to others. So your speech should always be with grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, seasoned. Seasoned means to prepare. When you season something, you prepare it with spices. Some of you people that cook, you know that. You prepare it with condiments. I, I still go back to Acts chapter 1. How did Jesus, how did Jesus season before he salted? He seasoned them by doing it. He was already walking in grace. He was already letting his speech be in grace. And that was preparing them to go, no one ever spoke like that. What did you say? Say that again. And they wanted to hear it. Remember when they went to arrest them? I love that. They come back, they go, where did he go? No one ever spoke like that before. And they were seasoned with salt. And really, really salt here is salt. We know that salt, um, it, it figuratively means prudence. And prudence is patience with wisdom. It's having the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, but then having patience as you give them the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Uh, so salt can uh, obviously be a purifying factor. It can be keeps meat from putrefying. They used to use salt to pay people. That was you know, that's why they always said you ain't worth your salt because they would pay them with salt because people needed salt to protect their meat. They needed salt to take care of all kinds of things in life. So salt was a big uh, commodity. Uh, but he also said, we are the salt of the earth. We've seen that in Matthew 5, 13. Uh, so we prepare them, season them, and then we give them the truth of God's word as the salt. We are the salt. We're supposed to know the word of God and share the truth of God in our speech so that they can come to salvation. And when you prepare your heart that way, listen, I'm walking in wisdom. I'm, I'm walking by faith. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. I know that I'm called to go to those that are outside. I'm redeeming the time. I'm, I'm asking God what he wants me to do. And now I know that i got to prepare my speech. I'm shotting my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, and, and, and I want to have grace. And I want to season them and prepare them so I can salt them. And then I'll know how I should speak how I ought to answer each one. That, isn't that what he asked for? That a door would be open for the word of God and that he would speak boldly? That I would know how I ought to answer each one. I would understand, I would consider, I would be aware of how I'm supposed to speak in what manner to each person that I meet. And guess what? You're not going to meet any hiding in your house. You're not going to meet any unless you have a plan to go out to walk in wisdom toward those who are outside to understand that it's not about your life it's about his life christ's life it's about you going out and 
speaking to people the gospel so that they can come to life because they're dead. I don't want nothing to do with those people. Listen, those are the people that we're called to be witnesses to by our life being transformed by the renewing of the mind. My mind is changed. My mind is different. My mind is being washed and purified by the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going out and changing my direction because I was once chasing everything, but now I'm surrendering to the God of the universe who came to save souls. It's easy to talk about. I can sit here all day and talk about it. But how are we walking out there when we go out there? Do we ask God how we should speak, how we ought to speak, must need response? Answer. The word answer there is response. See, we might know the gospel. We might have wisdom. We might have understanding. But then when they go, yeah, but can God make a rock so big that he can't move it? Now, how do you respond? Seriously. Why do bad things happen to good people? How do we respond? Why did my grandma die? How do we respond? How do we answer them? With wisdom. People got those questions all day long. And most of them are to mock God. Most of them are to be their excuse of why they won't surrender to God. Because the devil is busy blaming everything on God. If God is real, then why did Vietnam happen? If God is real, then why are they killing everybody in wars? Listen, we need to study to show ourselves approved, workmen unto God, not ashamed of the gospel, but rightly dividing the word of truth so we can respond to people. And we do it, we do it with our jobs. Man, they got an electrical question, I'm on it. I can tell them everything about electrical. Oh, I can't tell them that. I can tell them everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a shell answer man when it comes to carpet cleaning and dog food. Shoot the dog. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a good answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously, we, we want to answer in things that, are, that we're doing every day. So is our heart walking in wisdom concerned about souls? And when we begin to get our mind on God's work, Listen, we'll learn how to answer people. Because I hate it when somebody asks me a question about the Bible and I don't know the answer. Just like if they ask me a question about how to get a stain out. And I have to tell them, you can't get that out. That's yours. Cover it with a rug. Works for carpet, doesn't work for the soul. Can't cover it. You want it paid for by the blood of Jesus. Makes everything pure as snow. We need to know how to answer people. And it takes getting into the word, prayer, and fellowship, surrendering to God. Having a desire to see souls saved, and the first one our own. And the way we know is when we're beginning to bear fruits of righteousness by dying to self and being concerned. Next week's scripture, Acts 17, 11. You just read it a couple days ago. If you're reading through our schedule, 
and I don't know if I've ever signed it before, but this is what we need to do. This is, that's why I'm taking us there. I want to walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. Okay. I want to make sure I'm okay. What's going on? Well, look here. It says these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. In that, why were they more fair-minded, Greg? In that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Listen, am I just talking here? Am I just sharing the gospel here? Am I, am I leading you astray? Am I leading you down some path that's going to put your soul in hell? You better study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to be ready. We need to be fair-minded. We need to be studying the scriptures. The spirit of Antichrist has been sent out to deceive the elect if it were possible. But the Bereans, those of Berea, they search the scriptures daily. All I know is if you've got a career, you're, if you're a doctor, you're on WebMD every day to see what's new. I'm serious. If you're a mechanic, you're, you're, you're on the computer every day. What's new in mechanics? You try to keep up on your field. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm, I, I'm wanting to be Christ-like. I need to study this every day. I'm concerned about souls. I'm not real good at it, but we want to study it. What was the memory verse again, Pastor Greg? The whole Bible, right? Yeah. Acts 1711. Acts 1711. Uh, These were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians. Zach Madden, he was the one that uh, he memorized the whole New Testament and then he was going to start on the Old Testament. I don't know how far he got, but I heard that he passed away, so apparently yeah. he didn't get the whole Bible memorized. Did he? <laughs> yeah. I'll be careful. Walk with wisdom right now. Father, thank you for your word. Give us a desire to search the scriptures daily and to find out if these things are so. We know you love us. We know you're not mad at us. But Lord, we don't want to follow liars. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to fight a physical battle. We want to stand in your victory and hand out the spoils. Be a witness in this grand courtroom to your grace and mercy in our lives. Pour out your spirit, baptize us afresh and anew. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Lord bless you.